The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Today we're going to talk about Tenant, which is a film that was written and directed by Christopher Nolan that I just saw yesterday. But before we get to that, I want to start 15 to 20 years ago. When I was thinking about my first exposure to a time travel sort of story, my earliest memory of time travel basically starts with Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, which is, which is directed by Leonard Nimoy, actually. And it's my favorite of the TOS original, you know, the films, the Star Trek, the original series films, which I know is not the most popular choice, but... I have such fond memories of thinking about, wow, if time travel were really possible, we could do things like save an extinct race like the humpback whales. That kind of set the precedence for what would become kind of an obsession for me. I really love time travel stories. I love all different kinds of uh, time travel stories. And the next thing that I can remember as far as time travel uh, is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which is something that we watched with our own kids last year. And I know the new one just came out. I haven't seen it. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to have time to see it. But I wanted to give an impression of how I think Christopher Nolan used the idea of expensive words in the story for Tenet, which is full of all kinds of curiosities and delightful things. I'm going to do my best not to give any spoilers, uh, but if you want to go into the film with no expectations or no knowledge of the world at all, then you're not going to want to listen to this podcast yet. You can just save it for later. But if you've seen the, if you've seen the trailer, then you understand that the idea of Tenet is that time and entropy uh, can be inverted to where things can flow from past to present instead of always from present to past. And it's this timey-wimey type of idea that you wonder, okay, well, why would this be such, uh, why would this fact be so important? And there's a lot of themes that Christopher Nolan explores over and over and over again. And uh, the idea of a destroyed earth which is something that he addresses in Interstellar, is another theme that's very subtle in this film, in the film of Tenet, but it's the big uh, motivation for the unseen villains that we never get to know specifically. And there are a lot of vague moments in this film to where the, 
you know, I always expect when I go into an adventure with Christopher Nolan that I'm going to have more questions than I do answers. And I'm kind of excited for that. And he's so selective about what he does answer. And he leaves uh, little things open-ended to where you're like, is that person related to this person? Or, you know, and so it's exciting. But the thing that he did that was very interesting to me was he did not introduce the protagonist with immediate stakes. There, are, In fact, there are no immediate stakes for the protagonist personally. And if you wonder, if you're wondering why I keep calling the main character the protagonist, it's because uh, in classic Christopher Nolan style, he hasn't given the character a name. And even in the credits, you can see that the main character is referred to as the protagonist which was a pure delight for me. I loved it. And there's this really great line that the protagonist says at the very end, which I'm not going to repeat. But if you're watching the film, look for it. And he's going to explain the reality of the situation. And it's one of those moments where I was just like, yes, you are awesome, Christopher Nolan. Your brain is a wonder. But I also... uh wanted to think, okay, why do I care about this character? And I was comparing my feelings to another movie that I watched more recently, which was Power, which is a Netflix film about superheroes. And the stars in that film are uh, Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt, if you don't know, is like one of Christopher Nolan's favorite guys. He's in uh, the Batman trilogy and he's also in Inception. So I was thinking about him while I was watching the Christopher Nolan film. And I just did not care about his character at all in power, which is not normal for me because I want to care about the characters. That's one of the things, you know, I'm I'm a sap for any kind of good, relatable character uh, in any almost any story. I don't really like horror. That's the only thing that I'm not a fan of. Uh, but probably a horror with a really compelling story I would like. So I'm watching Power with my husband, and we're like, okay, yes, the premise is that you take this pill, and for five minutes you get a power, and you don't know what the power is going to be until you take the pill, but also these pills can kill you. And they're, like, testing them, and they want to weaponize them, da-da-da-da-da, typical bad guy stuff, right? And the thing is, there's no point at which I cared whether Jamie Foxx's character, who's like the villain turned protagonist kind of, uh, I don't care about whether he lives or dies. I, I'm kind of meh when he achieves his goal, uh, which if you haven't seen the film yet, I'm not going to say what that is, but I was just like, eh, okay. I don't really care either way. And that's not good. That's not what you want from a film. And so I was like, Oh, Christopher Nolan, you tricky man. How did you make me care about a character with no name and no stakes? And I thought back to when uh, Maria and I were writing Write the Perfect Read, the fiction edition, and how we talked about unlikable characters and how if you surround those characters with likable characters who like them, who like the protagonist, that you're more likely to elicit uh, relatability toward that character in the eyes of the reader and that's exactly what Christopher Nolan did. Because even though the protagonist doesn't care about himself in Tenet, 
he cares very much for the other characters in the story. And you see that they also uh, begin to root for him. And as they're won over from apathetic to actually caring about his well-being, you are also won over because you see that the only reason that he's proceeding the way that he is is for the greater good of humankind, but also because he cares specifically about these characters around him, who, these characters around him, who in turn begin to care about him. And so you're like, oh, well, they care about him. They're trying to do the right thing. Uh, at first, I wasn't sure about them, but now I see they're good and they care about him and he's good. And it's just like this, uh, this cycle of affection that Christopher Nolan creates, even in the midst of these very abstract characters. And it's something that I would say is very difficult to achieve. And I mean, that's one of the things about Nolan, right? He is a master. Anything he does, he's put so much thought into it. I can't, uh, sometimes I think, I wonder what his dreams are like, because the way he thinks is so contrary to the way that other creative people I know think, where he's just like next level inventive. I was joking with uh, Travis, my husband, last night that Blake Crouch wishes that he was Christopher, wishes that he were Christopher Nolan. I know that the use of the subjunctive construction for uh, wishes is going out of style, but I still use it. And that's a whole nother show. But I was thinking about how Blake Crouch wrote Recursion, which is the idea that you can time travel through memory, which is such a mind-blowing idea. If you haven't read Recursion, you should read it. I know I talk about it a lot because it's great. It's one of those books that I read one time and I was like, I never want to read this again because I know I'm never going to feel this way again. Uh, but I still think about it fondly. And Tenet is, it's even higher of a level in originality than Recursion is. And Christopher Nolan shows such a precious amount of restraint as you're going through the story because he knows that once you see an object move uh, in reverse or inverted time, that you want to see it over and over again because your brain is like, what just happened? What is this? And almost the entire movie, you don't really see the inversion until like the last two sequences of the film, which means that he has you waiting and wanting. And instead of using the trickery of inversion looks cool, he relies on the storytelling to make the inversion matter. And of course, later on in the scenes where the in inversion is used uh, a lot, your brain is still like, this is really cool. But I would say that it's more prominent in your mind that the story is very important and that the inversion is just supporting the story. And to make something that is so amazing looking like inversion and to have it be second to the story means that his story is extremely well-developed. I would say, yes, go see this film. Uh, I know that a lot of people have experienced confusion or they had a hard time understanding dialogue. For me, I did have a tiny bit of trouble understanding the dialogue where uh, Seder is in uh, the inverted room and there's a speaker and he's yelling in his accent and everything. I could not understand really what he was saying. 
I did not find that that prevented me from understanding what was going on in the scene. I, I understand that the dialogue is not going to be high above the background music because Christopher Nolan is a very huge proponent of immersive experiences. And so he wants to draw the audience into these uh, experiences with the characters. So you're, you're listening to it as if you were there. For example, uh, when I'm trying to talk to one of my kids and the dryer is going, you know, they're not going to hear me probably perfectly or they're hearing me through background noise. And that's this, the type of vessel that Christopher Nolan uses to draw his watcher, his viewer, in further into the film as if they were part of it. I also understand that if you do not know how time loops work, you might be confused as to what's going on. But for someone who is slightly obsessed with time loop stories like myself, I had no problem following anything, and I even saw the cues in the first round of the loop and knew that I was going to be coming back to those later on in the film. So if you kind of just watch it with the, with the idea that the things that you see will repeat themselves from a different perspective, then I, I don't believe that you will be as confused. I know that uh, for people who don't really like these kinds of loops where things are happening and happening again, uh, you might not like this film. But I would, if you're a writer and you know you don't like time loop stories, I would say go see it anyway or wait till it comes out and watch it and take notes on how you feel about the character, the protagonist at the beginning, and then how you feel about him at the end. Because it's very, uh, you become quite attached to him. And it's very masterfully done, and it's a good example of how to break a lot of the rules and subvert a lot of tropes and uh, expected types of character development, but still win the reader, or in this case, the viewer, over. I loved the film. I'm sure I'll see it again at least a few times. Uh, once it comes out, well, I'll probably buy it. Uh, and I, I enjoyed the story. You know, I didn't laugh out loud and I didn't cry, which are things that I normally want to experience when I shell out a, a good amount of money to see something in the theater. But I was so intrigued by the story that I just didn't care about that, which is very rare for me. And I just, if there are any plot holes, which I'm sure when Maria sees it, she will find any if they exist. But I know that Nolan is very careful and I couldn't find anything wrong with the film. I couldn't find anything out of place or misordered. And I thought, yes, this is great storytelling. And also, you can tell that there's this tinge of uh, tone of grief throughout the whole film. And I wonder what Nolan experienced in his life to be able to come up with the complicated ideas of the love between a parent and a child and the love between a stranger who's watching this parent and child uh, try to be together against all odds. And it was refreshing and wonderful. And I hope you will see it. And even if you don't like this genre of film, I hope you can understand that the complicated and refreshing aspects of the storytelling are great. And it's something that we want to model, but we also want to be refreshing ourselves. So 
you know, it's it's one of those things where you're like, I want to do that, but I can't copy him because then it's not original. And, you know, stories, we don't have original ideas, basically, uh, in this time and age. However, we can change things and subvert things in ways that make the reader feel refreshed and like it's not the same old trope. And like the, you know, this type of character hasn't done this activity uh, thousands of times in other stories. So uh, thank you, Christopher Nolan, for making Tenet. It was very enjoyable. And I appreciate the level of sophistication in storytelling. It's something that I attribute to myself. I'm sure that I will never even reach uh, Blake Crouch level awesomeness, but I am going to keep trying every day. And I hope that you will keep trying too. Thanks for listening. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing.